Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello. Here we are again today with another episode of Women in Electronics, Leader in Highlight. I am so Grateful and honored to be here today with our guest, Dave Heinzman from Little Fuse. Hello, Dave. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm so just excited. I was telling you just driving here to interview you because how much I love Little Fuse and just some experience working with Little Fuse in the industry and now kind of just getting to know you. So uh, just so grateful to have your support and have you here. Um, And with that, I am going to ask you some questions because... As we're going along in the industry, and as we're going along with uh, women in electronics, we're finding mentorship to be so critical and important. And these uh, podcasts end up being a form of indirect mentorship. Um, I actually go back and listen to a lot of the prior episodes that I know other people do as well. So um, thank you for being here. But I just wanted to start by hearing your story because our industry is so relationship driven and there're just so many cool stories. So I just want to start by asking you, you know, how'd you get from A to Z? <laughs> here you are, the CEO of Little Fuse. Um, how did you get here, Dave? Sure. No, I appreciate the question and the opportunity to, to spend some time with you and, and, and your audience. But uh, I'm kind of one of the oddballs in the industry and in today's world where I actually started with Little Fuse as an intern. So I've spent my entire career at Little Fuse. Started in the very early days as an internship. My my educational background in engineering. So I'm a mechanical engineer by education and had the opportunity to join Little Fuse as an intern when I was at university and had a great experience. Chose to come back to work for Little Fuse full time you know, when I graduated and I've kind of worked my way through the business over the last 30 plus years. The different advancements along the way had to have felt like like being at a completely different company, like all the different people you meet and, and, and the different um, steps along the way. So you started as an intern, you went into operations uh, likely, and then uh, working at headquarters, getting involved in R&D. What did you say? Like, I would say there's a lot of people in your situation that want to advance. What were some of the obstacles? What were some of the risks you had to take? And, and how did that lead you uh, where you are today? Well, certainly when I, when I joined Little Fuse, I joined Little Fuse intentionally because it was a small company. Uh, while we're still a small company today, we were much smaller back then, probably around a $50 million company, so quite small. That's what actually attracted me to the business was the ability to kind of get access to and learn about the broader side of the business quickly. So quite frankly, when I joined, I thought I would get two or three years of great experience at a factory level, and then I'd probably go on and get a real job somewhere, and uh, just never really quite got the real job, I guess, uh, <laughs> kind of stuck it out here within the uh, Little Fusion environment. But certainly, the reason why I'm still here, and the reason why I stayed within Little Fuse is very dynamic business during the last 30 years, as it's grown from being a quite small business and a U.S.-based business into a global business, into different technologies and different customer applications and different customer sets. 
which gave a great opportunity for me to kind of learn along the way, which is really kind of what drives my passion, you know, for myself personally is how do I learn? How do, how do I gain a great, greater, broader understanding about an opportunity and things like that? So yeah, my path kind of took steps that were incremental in nature, you know, fairly quickly, but fairly incremental in nature from working on the shop floor, designing automation equipment, to then quickly moving into quality and then into manufacturing supervision, the plant management, um, to our headquarters where I led some R&D teams, uh, and then through uh, you know, roles in setting up a lot of our Asia footprint in a period of time on their operation side, running our automotive business, and then ultimately kind of working our way to uh, where I'm at today. I would say along the way, you probably got a lot of mentorship. Um, this is one of the critical key components that we're finding in someone's career is is the ability to have mentors or maybe even sponsors that you know open doors for you. So you obviously had some. One in particular that we both know, Howard Witt. I loved Howard Witt um, when I was a rep and worked with him and had the opportunity to know him a little bit. Um, but um, it's just always been a really great organization, Little Fuse, with amazing leaders. So what do you have to say about the mentorship that you received on your journey up? Sure, and I think it's in, in a couple different areas. So even prior to you know, getting mentorship from Howard, I was early in my career, you know, obviously I, I had the opportunity to take steps into different roles within a factory environment relatively quickly. And I would say the important thing there was having a leader who I was working for who was willing to take chances with me, right? Mm-hmm. Give me opportunities to stretch, take on challenges that were not something I had great great experience in, but a willingness to give me a shot, to kind of get up the learning curve, work hard, kind of have successes and failures along the way, learn from them and grow. So early in my career, very much, you know, kind of the willingness to, for somebody to kind of set out there, give me that opportunity to, to grow. Certainly as I kind of advanced in my career and got a little more visibility and higher levels in the organization, Howard, who was our CEO uh, prior to Gordon Hunter, you know, was somebody that I did get some mentorship from. Howard was a very technically oriented, very detail oriented sort of individual. Uh, I have a bit of that kind of background myself that uh, I tend to be fairly detail oriented. And I think he probably saw that in me and gave me the opportunity to stretch in assignments. He wasn't a classic mentor in the fact that he would, you know, he would not bring you in and give you advice on how to do X, Y, Z or whatever. It was more kind of creating the opportunities, putting them out in front of you, letting you choose to take them. And then certainly, you know, he was very willing to give advice when you didn't do things, you know, <laughs> the way he, he thought perhaps they needed to be done, but he did it in a way that what, was a great learning opportunity for me. So maybe not the classic mentor in that way, but very much mentoring and advocating also, mm. you know, for me and, and my success in my career at that point, point in time. You do make a good point. I think a lot of people have an issue with what you said about being maybe corrected or taught a different way of doing things. Sometimes, especially I know um, in our women's group, we, we struggle sometimes with confidence and sometimes that's a fear of failure. All these things are associated. So along the way, as you were growing in your career, you had to have some missteps. You had to have had some failures. Can you talk to those a little bit and what you learned um, as a result? 
Yeah, and and clearly, God knows I've had my failures and missteps in my career, and uh, you know, fortunately, worked for an organization and for individuals who were willing to give you that opportunity to step out there, maybe make some mistakes, learn from them, own them, grow from them. So, so certainly, you know, I think it's uh, it's a key part of learning. It's a key part, I think, within uh, you know, Little Fuse culture in some ways. For me, uh, I think that opportunity to do it. Somebody's not going to tell you that's what you have to do. I think you have to be willing to put yourself out there. I think being paralyzed by fear of failure is going to limit you for sure, right? And and I've certainly made my fair share of them, still make them today for sure. And um, I think the important thing is to recognize in yourself the willingness to put yourself out and put yourself at risk. We're all going to make mistakes. If you're never willing to make a mistake, you're never going to put yourself at risk. For sure, you're going to limit what the potential is for you as an individual and, quite frankly, the potential of the organization. So I think really, really critical is to kind of put yourself in those uncomfortable situations where you don't have all the answers. Go figure them out. Learn from the uh, missteps and mistakes you have. Hopefully, you're working for people who are tolerant of that and see that as learning opportunities. Uh, I was always fortunate to, to to work in that environment, and uh, you know, so it went a long way to help shape you know, who who I am, you know, as an individual and certainly as a leader. Those are some really great points because I think you touched on a couple of things. One is the culture, right? If if you're working for the right culture, you'll be in an environment where you can grow, but be able to um, correct your mistakes as you go along. I think that we were talking before and you said something about yourself that you were execution orientated. And I love that because there's really a difference of, you know, being a perfectionist versus coming from a spirit of excellence. And I think that the people don't understand there's a fine line, but I love that you said that you're execution orientated because I am too. And I feel like sometimes I could be accused of being a perfectionist, but I really think it comes from a place of wanting to always do better. And no matter what I do, I want to do it better the next time. But I see that in you, Dave. Maybe you can talk to that a little bit because what? how do you manage that at Little Fuse where you have to correct people or you want them to rise to their full potential? How do you how do you balance that? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, and, and clearly, Low Fuse is a very execution oriented culture. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not just me. You know, I'm a product of the culture, if you will. And, uh, you know, because I grew up within it and certainly, uh, you know, that, that has helped shape my approach, but very much an execution oriented company. I think that's one of our strengths as a company, uh, to, to drive the business kind of no excuses. We're going to drive the business forward. We're going to have success. Do what it takes to get there. And it, it is a bit of a double-edged sword at times because although I talk about the willingness to make mistakes and learn from them, you know, I know even myself at times I can be patient zero on situations where it doesn't feel like there's you know, a willingness to make mistakes you know, and, and move forward from them because we're so execution-oriented mm-hmm. and I'm fairly detail-oriented. So often, let's say we're having a struggle or a performance issue, we're going to have very candid discussions about that, pretty detail-oriented discussions about that. Why? Where did we go off the rails? Where did we make these mistakes? You know, for me, and I have to kind of explain this sometimes to people that work with me, 
is that that's about learning. That's about my learning, not about finding fault or anything mm -hmm. on that. It's about the learning process as to, well, how do you not make the mistake next time? And for me, that's really, really important to try to understand that and gain some level of understanding. And I think it's important for people, you know, as they look at themselves, you know, when things don't go as well as you hope they, they did, that you look for that. What were the causes? What were the issues? And it's okay. Own them. You know, that's one of the things I, I feel very strongly about is, you know, when you do make mistakes, don't them. Don't be blaming, you know, someone else or some other part of the organization or the industry or whatever for the problems. You know, I'm a firm believer if you own them, course correct and move on, far better off. And I'm also very much a firm believer that you know, if there's a mistake or a poor performance in the organization, you know, that's my issue. Right. You know, that's not somebody below me, their issue. It's my issue. It starts with me, you know, and I'm not going to like make somebody a fall person for for that because we all own it. And we're going to work on it together and course correct and get on with life. Really, really important aspect of things. Otherwise, you just get bogged down. Right. Well, I appreciate that very much. And really, one more question for you before we end this part one session with you. I wanted to ask you, because I think we have a lot of similarities. I'm very detail-orientated, too. And so how did you find you having that engineering background, being a detail-orientated person? You know, how do you find that in regards to, um, you know, the sales side of things? Because in your position, you've had to kind of do that transference. So was that a struggle for you? Um, what would you say to other people that are maybe that technical background that maybe... They haven't had as much experience with working with people. How did you bridge that gap, Dave? Yeah, no, I think it's. I think that's an important thing to try to understand uh, because I'm the classic engineer, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, education background, approach to things, but also personality. I'm very much an introvert. That's inherently my my personality. Um, so, so therefore, you also have to push past those sorts of issues. Uh, I had the opportunity to kind of learn that through a couple different stages in my career. One is when I was, you know, at a factory level and running a factory operation, supporting customers in that environment certainly creates a need to engage in a different way. Um, but also for me, when I came to a corporate role, if you're in a factory setting, if you've ever spent any time in a factory, if you're a plant manager, you know, all decisions stop there too. And you're able to make decisions with your team regularly quickly make the decision to move on. I stepped into a corporate role when I moved up to our headquarters, very different. Mm -hmm. You had to build constituencies. You had to get mm -hmm. people to buy into ideas because it was more about indirect influence as opposed to direct you know, uh, leadership. And that was a huge learning curve for me because it takes just a lot more time. My execution orientation would pretty quickly get frustrated with the amount of time that took. Mm -hmm. you know, so, you, so you had to figure out how to do it quicker you know, and build those constituencies and support for ideas and directions on things in that way. I think that was my first step personally. And then of course, dealing with more of an outward facing, whether it's uh, selling to customers or in my role, I spent a lot of time selling to investors. Uh, it's a little true story. That learning helped me understand that and realize that making, uh, finding common ground with, with individuals you're engaged with, whether a customer or a supplier or a distribution partner or investor, finding common ground on those, you know, ways to look for win-wins 
both in business, but even in the relationships are really, really important. And so I just kind of worked at it, you know, found mm -hmm. ways to do that and, uh, you know, have, have learned to enjoy it. Well, I'm glad that you say that you worked at it. And I think prior we talked to you mentioned using a coach, which I think is amazing. Uh, Dave, really, it's just the awareness that we have as individuals and as leaders. And people talk to me a lot, um, you know, leading women in electronics and, and, and talking about leadership because I'm always talking to the leaders. It's not that I'm like this amazing leader. I'm talking to the leaders all the time. And it just seems like awareness is so critical that you know, the more aware we are of ourselves and, and overcoming our own personal obstacles, the better leaders we are. So I love that you had that awareness to um, work on things about yourself that you felt you had to overcome and utilizing resources like coach. And we just have one more minute, but can you talk to that real quick? Because I do think that's a critical sure. component that most people just don't do. Yeah, yeah, I was fortunate to find a good coach who worked with me kind of at, you know, let's say two thirds of the way through my career, you know, I kind of picked coach. And in that case, very, quite helpful. Hmm. Now it's challenging because they're going to tell you things you don't necessarily want to hear sometimes. And you got to be willing to listen to that and hear those opportunities. Uh, I had the good fortune of having a coach that not only help identify them, but also give you advice on, well, how do you work on them? Pick the top couple mm -hmm. things that can really make a difference and get some coaching on how to address them. And uh, coach, I would pick, you know, people I worked with as well to kind of help recognize issues, point them out to me. I'd meet with them after a meeting maybe, and get feedback from them um, to address issues where I could be more effective. And I found it extremely helpful. Mm. It's, it's eye-opening sometimes when you get the feedback and realize you have to solve some of these issues. But if you're not willing to do it, you're, you're, you're not going to become a stronger leader for sure. Well, Dave, that is amazing. It says a lot about you. Uh, appreciate that about you, by the way. And with that, we're going to conclude part one, but I still have so much more to talk to you about. So we will say goodbye for this moment, and then we will see you on part two. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. Thanks, Jackie. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.